You're listening to Veterinary Vertex, a podcast of the AVMA Journals. In this episode, we chat about a very interesting topic. Endoscopic application of fibrin glue may be a feasible method of treatment for post-intubation tracheal lacerations in cats. Welcome to Veterinary Vertex. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Fortier, and I'm joined by Associate Editor Sarah Wright. Today, we're super excited to have Elizabeth Maxwell and Molly Cohn joining us. Elizabeth and Molly, thank you so much for spending your time to be with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. I really enjoyed reading your manuscript. I know for me, like cats and marsupials, personally, I found found were some of the most difficult animals to intubate. So seeing this manuscript definitely was very uh, refreshing for me. So Molly, your study in HAVR evaluates the feasibility of endoscopic application of fibrin glue for the treatment of experimentally induced post-intubation tracheal lacerations in feline cadavers. What new information can our readers learn from your manuscript to better serve their patients and their clients? What readers should take away from our manuscript is that fibrin glue, when applied endoscopically and in a filling fashion, is a minimally invasive and fairly quick sealing method for post-intubation tracheal laceration in cats. This is new information because the concept of using fibrin glue for tracheal lacerations in cats had not been addressed prior to our study, and fibrin glue had been used successfully in humans for this purpose and in cats and dogs for other reasons, but never for tracheal laceration. So what's important is, in certain cases, this may take the place of conservative management, such as oxygen and cage rest, and even invasive surgery like uh, thoracotomy or median sternotomy. So this could be an option to mention to clients in the future. And in terms of patients, the potential to eliminate long-term treatment is really important, as well as possibly mitigating any pain and invasive procedures. Great. Thank you. And Elizabeth, this manuscript addresses a very specific problem in cats. How challenging was this technique to perform? And would a general practitioner require any specialty training if they were to perform this technique? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of our co-investigators, Dr. Alex Gallagher, he is very skilled at endoscopy, but with his expertise, we were able to refine the technique. And ultimately, it was overall fairly easy to perform. It does require use of endoscopy and some level of comfort with endoscopy, but overall does not require any specialized training. That's really great. Uh, Molly, can I ask you, what, what do you mean when you say filling technique? Sure. So we use two different techniques, which we called bridging and filling. Bridging was just laying the glue over the laceration and filling was placing the double lumen catheter into the laceration and filling it basically from the inside out. So we found that using a filling method was a lot more effective than just bridging. And this is a little bit off script, but did you are you planning on trying different types of fibrin, like even an autologous or an autogenous fibrin, like one made from PRP? No, that's a great question. Uh, I, I hadn't considered that. And, and I think, you know, um, it's, while reasonable to consider different types of fibrin, I think we would want to look at what is the evidence that that fibrin glue has worked in other scenarios and whether or not it would work in a similar fashion as the fibrin glue that we were using for the study. 
Yeah. Well, you know, one of the reasons I went into large animal were cats and cages. So I'm definitely afraid of cats and cages. Give me a bull or a stallion any day. So, uh, but what I can say from our cartilage work is the fibrin glues that you buy, like Tessiel and some of the others, are mechanically quite stiff. So they're more likely to be sheared off than if you you make your own PRP. And I know it's really, well, I think it's really tough to do in cats because it's hard to get enough blood for make serum and plasma. But we found that if you made a, if you use PRP as the fibrin source for making a fibrin glue, it was much more compliant. So it actually stuck much better to the cartilage defect. So it might be something to consider. Yeah, that sounds like a really great idea because, uh, you know, I agree with you. There was, while there was some flexibility in the fibrin glue after when we examined it, there was some degree of stiffness that made it not stick right to certain areas. So I think that, you know, being able to use uh, autologous fibrin, you know, from the patient um, and it would be more flexible and adhere better might be a better option. So Molly, what inspired you to write this manuscript? So fortunately, I was accepted to the Florida Veterinary Scholars Program through the University of Florida in the summer of 2022, and I was paired up with Dr. Maxwell, who already had this project in mind. But prior to producing this manuscript, I didn't have much research experience, and I was always adamant about getting some under my belt. I'm always wanting to learn new things and challenge myself, so I was excited to be on the project and have the goal of creating my first manuscript. That's awesome. And we're so happy that you chose to submit to AJVR too. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but we do have journal awards for students and house officers that have submitted manuscripts. Um, So you would be eligible for this award if someone were to nominate you. So just throwing that out there. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Elizabeth, how did you design this study? Yeah, so we wanted to model it off of what happens in clinical practice, right? And then consider how they approach it in human medicine. So that's why we chose uh, experimental induction of the tracheal ruptures based on overinflation of an endotracheal tube cuff, as that's one of the many causes that can lead to this type of injury. And then we approached it endoscopic application of the fibrin glue, similar to how they would have performed it in people. Very cool. We always like hearing about that kind of cross-translational medicine or surgical approach um, to different cases that are published in our journals. So we talked a little bit about the Soretti as far as like next steps, but in addition to trying different types of fibrin, Molly, what are next steps for future research into this topic? I think what would be best to go ahead and study next would be using fibrin glue in clinical cases uh, of cats that have experienced tracheal laceration because this would remove any variables regarding how the glue interacts with cadaveric tissues, whether they're fresh or frozen. Elizabeth, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, that is absolutely the next step uh, in, in, you know, see how it works in clinical patients. And so it, it is a rare occurrence in clinical practice, which makes it very challenging to accrue enough cases to evaluate efficacy. And it's also one of the reasons why it hasn't gotten much attention in research, um, just because it doesn't happen that often. However, if it would prove to be successful in clinical patients, then it would be a great minimally invasive option to approach uh, in these cases. Great. I love the innovative thinking too behind this manuscript. I think that's fantastic. 
So moving on to more about how collaborative this project was, it seems like. So Molly, your manuscript has some co-authors that are surgeons, internists, anesthesiologists. How did having veterinarians from different specialties help in writing your manuscripts? It was so eye-opening to see how each one of these co-authors had different ideas, ways of approaching topics, and different focuses and skill sets. So I really valued getting to work with and learn from veterinarians that are so experienced in so many different ways. It definitely helped me spark more ideas for writing and helped me use more specific medical terminology at certain points, which I think helped describe our purpose a little bit better. And even beyond helping me write the manuscript, I was able to watch how they approached the methods of our study and just really visually take away a lot from them. That's one of the really fun parts of my job, too, is working with people from different specialties and like a reviewer aspect, author aspect, even on the podcast, too, just interviewing different specialists. I always learn something new, which I think is so fun. So this is a question that our viewers definitely and listeners enjoy hearing most. So, Elizabeth, if a veterinarian is about to meet a client, what is one piece of information they should know about the endoscopic application of fibrin glue for the treatment of experimentally induced post-intubation tracheal laceration in cats? So I would say that if um, a clinician encounters, you know, this, this injury in practice, you know, it is often iatrogenic, uh, meaning it occurred while maybe under anesthesia for a dental um, or for a surgical procedure, which makes that conversation even more challenging with, with the client. Um, but I would say that, you know, this gives them uh, an option that they could try to treat uh, their laceration with, you know, I would probably say within the cervical region um, primarily, and it may help, uh, but we don't have any clinical evidence to support it in animals as of yet, uh, but it is something that, um, you know, that they could try. That's great. I think it can never hurt to have too many resources. So always nice to have that on the table. So now is the part in the podcast where we transition to some more personal questions. Molly, what is the oldest or most interesting item in your desk drawer? So it's not in my desk drawer, but it's on my desk. Um, I received a wonderful gift from my best friend. It's a rotating picture frame. So friends and family can upload pictures to it that they want me to see every day. So I have lots of pictures of my friends and family. They've always been such a great support system. So while I'm studying, I can also take a look at that. And it just reminds me to keep going and keep working hard. That's great. I know, especially like during second year, it can be especially challenging. So keep up the good work. I'm sure you're doing great. (laughs) Then Elizabeth, the word grit is very trendy right now. And clearly you have it. Where did it come from? I would say my parents. Uh, They have instilled such a strong work ethic in me, and they're super supportive of everything that I set out to do. Uh, And I always feel like the sky's the limit with them supporting me every step of the way. So it definitely helps to have that support of our family and friends. Um, I know myself included. And Molly, it sounds like you too, even with the picture frame, which I think is so wonderful. So thank you both for being here today. We really appreciate your time and just learning more about your fantastic manuscript in AJVR. As a reminder to our listeners, AJVR is open access. So feel free to take a look and you can read their manuscripts online. I'm Dr. Sarah Wright, Dr. Lisa Fortier. We want to thank each of you for joining us on this episode of the Veterinary Vertex podcast. We love sharing cutting edge veterinary research with you and we want to hear from you. Be sure to leave us a rating interview on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to. 
Thanks again, Elizabeth and Molly. Thank you for having us. Thank you.